Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we are not celebrating the James Beard Media nominations today, <laughs> which were announced this week, because, hey, we didn't get one. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not bitter. Not at all. Seriously, I had things to do that week anyway. Bastards. Ah, congrats to everybody who was nominated anyway. I am your host, Al Mancini, coming to you this week from Moonin Ranch, the home of our good friend and this week's co-host, Chef Rick Moonin. Chef, how have you been, man? Oh, man, I've been great traveling all over the place, you know, like... I was in Austin last week, you know, and it was St. Louis and like and food experiences and everything aside. Some St. Louis was family, Austin was work. I'm back in town, but we're going back and forth to Florida because we have a second home that got this, uh, damaged by uh, Hurricane Ian, and so that's that's it keeps us busy, you yeah. know. So, but we still get a chance to go out, you know. Cool. We're gonna hear about where you've been dining shortly, I hope. I don't know what I did there, but um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> also with us, the man who puts the gin in engineer, the one and only Mr. Rich Johnson. Rich, how are you today? I actually had some gin the other day for the first time in a decade or so, and it was pretty good. There you go. So mm-hmm. I, I was channeling that. I know. Yeah. Negroni make, or tonic? Uh, uh, something the... new and special they're making for the uh, carousel bar at the Plaza. You know about this thing? They took the old Porta Cachere, yeah. and they're making a round bar, yeah. with carousel horses and the whole thing. It's open uh, about the end of... Uh, about no, middle of June. From a martini glass to a carousel. Yeah, a yeah. Carousel bar, man. I mean, you know, that's. I just feel like I'm going to have to get some demon ether, right? Like, you know, it's Hunter S. Thompson on the carousel bar circus, high on ether, I believe. It may um, be the only video poker machines outside. In all of Vegas. Oh. Have about four open, air. Open, open air. Open air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Video poker. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah. So everybody can have their face buried in the video poker and not enjoy the beautiful scenery around them. That's exactly. Beautiful. Well, the scenery, it's Main Street and the wall of the, uh, the Oh, that's of the people zip landing line. on the zipline, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, there's a nice video there's screen There's a nice video screen yeah. there, yeah. The Plaza's got a good little view there. But a video poker, I mean, you know, I used to play video poker a lot, a lot when I drank. I mean, you know, you go mm-hmm. out every night. That's I the end of your yeah. night. On our way home every day. Yeah. And talk about something that kills a mood in a bar. I mean, I really do mm-hmm. respect bar owners who decide they don't want video poker because it, you know, it pays your bills if you have them in there. Yeah. It pays pays your nut completely if you got video poker, but um man, it just sucks the life out of a bar. Don't I you used think? to go to PT's and the bartender was a hoot. He was the reason I was there. He made the ambiance work. He was, "Hey, yeah. shit boy RD, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> you want a Jägermeister? You want a Jäger?" Like, I don't really want a Jäger, but I'm like, "Yeah, Jäger, yeah." Because yeah. you get all tied up in it and then you go to your thing. <laughs> And he's back, and it was you know it makes a big difference. Yeah, now you need you need a good personality there because it uh, can just can totally drain the life sorry. out of a room. And I just drained the life out of this podcast. Sure did. Yeah, no worries yeah. at all. Hey, before we get started this week, let's send some good vibes, some healing thoughts, some positive energy to Ms. Samantha Gemini Stevens. Not with us today because she's at home with COVID. Mm. I spoke yeah. to her yesterday. She seems to be doing well. Um, we all hope she continues to get better so she can join us in the co-host chair next week. But Rick, man, thank you so much for joining us in that chair today. Fifth guy he called, that's what it is. Not at all, man. You're my number one go-to. You know that. So he's out of town. You're never here. You're too busy. This is true. No, I love doing this, Al. It's in, plus, you come to my home, so I don't have to do anything. Yeah, right? We bring Sit down and chat you. with you. I mean, what, what do you want to shoot the shit about anything, right? We have a great show planned for you today, including a nice little sit-down with Mimo Ferraro discussing the 37-plus-year history of the Las Vegas landmark Ferraro's Ristorante. But first, we like to make you hungry by telling you where we've been eating. So let's get 
right to it. Rick, man, it's been a while since you've joined us. I'm sure you've had uh-huh. far too many great meals in Vegas since then to even recall, but <laughs> anything lately that's been really good? Yes, most recently, Tokamadera again. But my son Jeffrey was in town. He wanted to go somewhere, and I thought he kind of likes theater and all that kind of stuff. And it turned out to be the perfect place to go take him for dinner. Tokamadera, now that's the spot in the old um, English pub Correct. area, yeah, right? Was, I still have not been in there. Ooh, it's nice. You know, you just think um, uh, clubbish. They really try to be clubbish. They have a live DJ. They have, uh, you know, very good, well-dressed girls, like undressed girls, you know, with batons. <laughs> Barely fl- dressed flaming, girls. Flaming batons coming in your room. If you're out in the bar, they're on the bar. They're, you know, so that's the ambiance and the atmosphere that they kind of create. But the food's pretty legit, you know. Mexican. What's the what's the genre? It's Mexican. Mexican, Mexican okay. Cuisine, yeah. yeah. So I went to I went with the uh, the the degustación that they, no they call it the what is it when you omakase they call it omakase <laughs> Mexican I don't know omakase. where that comes from Mexican right I don't know where that comes from but I'll take the omakase you know or whatever and then the chef just serves what he wants and we got this three hundred and fifty dollar you know rib eye rib you know bone cowboy flaming you know it was it's quite a show. It's kind of cool. It's a lot of fun, you know. People coming to Vegas, I can see it. Bells and whistles, baby, man. It's Vegas. You got to put on a show. Yeah. Before that, I went to Jing. Um, Jing is where an old, an ex-employee of mine that works, used to work for me for years. You and I just had brunch there. Yep. Yep. No, I know. I didn't even, I didn't even remember that he was there (laughs) and he's getting in touch with me. You're coming in to see me, chef. So I come in, he shoots, he shoots me photos every single week of a dish he made. And then when we work, when he worked for me, he would always say, "You." Who is this? Is this Tom Grease? No, no, no. You, you wouldn't know him. Okay. No, his. Uh, what's was it? What? Lucio. Yeah, Lucio. Got the wife back there shouting out the yeah. uh, the answers. Well, I upload all my information to my wife. And I just have to download it to, yeah, so wait. often. Thank you for the Lucio call, Ronnie. That was great. And then we did a Red Rock taste around. One night, Ronnie and I went over there. Okay, let's just, you know, not know where we're going to go. Sit down at the oyster bar, have a couple dozen oysters, shoot, shoot the shit with them, you know. And then we have uh, reservations at Lotus, but we're early. Or no, we didn't have reservations, so we had to wait. We're like, great, we want to wait. We're going to get some oysters. Let us know. And they texted you, and we went to Lotus and had some good food. And Nexos is on my list. I want to check out that Nexus Greek spot that's I right there. I think Rich was there, so we'll hear from him. Yeah. And, we, and we started off at the Rouge Room, the Rouge Lounge. This is beautiful. I tell you, man, I thought Frankie Marie. You know, I called Frank. Yes, you got to get some private party in here. They're only open three nights a week. Let's get something going. That's just kind of, I like Frankie Marino yeah. a lot. So you know, is that a sort of an all comers just a lounge lounge, or is it a specific sort of event venue? Mm, I don't. It's got so much potential to be both, but it's a lounge lounge okay. right now. It's yeah. just super cool. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I assume you could walk in and just hang and have a drink and do walk that. in and hang. It's it's super. I mean, it's beautiful. It's trying to capture that kind of supper club vibe that's so popular out on the strip right now. Yeah. Um. You know, this is one of the few places that's doing it that nicely. I mean, the only place that's doing it that nicely off the strip you know so you get a little live music in there you got a, a gorgeous lush kind of hangout yeah, scene yeah, vibe. exactly um, it's it's a perfect place if you're eating at um at t-bones or if you're eating at harlow and you want to you know you want to continue your night and yeah. do something afterwards it's, it's classic. a great place to end out your yeah. night it's the um wish you were here group and that's the same people that run cassie beach house and i happen yeah, to really yeah. like cassie beach house a lot right. so i haven't had the food though have you had the food at rouge room no we did not because we knew we were going to eat at uh reservation we had a Lotus of Siam is really what was our target. Right. But we figured, you know, what's a, what's a couple dozen oysters, you know, and, <laughs> and a bottle of uh, Albarino, no, whatever. No, it wasn't Albarino. What did we have? Uh, 
uh, Assertico again. I downloaded it from my cloud called Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. And Assertico was a great, great, great wine, white wine to drink with like oysters and seafood. It's as good as it's, it's like an Alvarino, but it's from Greece. And that's my dog, Booker. Just hey, so Booker. Anyway, so just to go back really quick, because I know I'm kind of taking up the whole show. No Chino Poblano went to that. I can't, I, I, I got to get my, you know, uh, birria taco every so often. I know we'll be talking a, a little bit more about them. So back one more was cut. Because I'm hitting steakhouses, you know, Cut, and yes. I've yet, I've yet to get to the one at Circus Circus, and I, whoa, I don't yeah. know why. Oh, Everybody man, says the, the steakhouse at Circus Circus is the greatest. You know, great deal too for the money. I mean, yeah. you know, when you look at it compared to other steaks, and high quality, they age their beef in house, and yeah, you know, the Gallagher's the, used the to like that grill right in the window, yeah, right in the window, man, uh-huh. the whole deal. See, I'm an idiot for not going there yet. I don't know what it is. I guess I just think it's kitty rides or something. <laughs> well, it's on yeah. the way to the kitty rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to walk past the kitty rides. And the but subway. I'm, I become a snob. Sorry. <laughs> the Duncan. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this is a good lead-in, though, to Rich, who was yeah, also yeah. over at Red Rock. Rich, where have you been eating, I man? did. I went to Naxos. Oh, yeah. Naxos, oh, Naxos. Taverna. What, what? Naxos Taverna. That's it? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, a pro tip. Don't fill up on the dips or pita. Or do fill up on the dips or pita. I love so darn good. They're awesome. We went for uh, three of them. The hummus, the coal-roasted eggplant and tomato, the weakest of the three, but still good. And the muhama. Oh, that's so good. Muhamama. Mama Humama. How do you say that? <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought it was Muhamara, but... Muhamara. Uh, yeah. I, I forgot an R. I think you forgot an it's R. It's roasted oh, I, red I, peppers and walnuts, pureed to perfection. Mm. And, uh, pomegranate just, in there as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Could have had that for dinner. Uh, there were four other dips to choose from. We were there at the stroke of five, so the pita was right out of the uh, the oven, the hot, little oily, very wonderful. Mm. Uh, we split a whole fish, the Lavraki, which what they called it, basically a Brunzino by any mm-hmm. other Did name. It. They do a nice thing. They cooked it on the fire. They brought it out so we could look at it and, of course, take a picture. Mm-hmm. Then took it back. Then cleaned it and deboned it and brought it back out. None of the table side stuff. My wife went out with her mother, and I wasn't invited. Uh, well, and they went to Naxos. Yeah. Right? She brings home the fish, leftovers. Um, um, it, they're fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, we left over. Yeah, we left over. Sue were... brought the leftovers home to our Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Never bring no, leftovers. No, run, 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 yeah. run. That's On the slide, place. a side we, a little. We should just mention for people who aren't, Nexus Taverna, it's Greek, Mediterranean, seafood place in Red Rock. That's the general yeah. vibe. Um, the executive chef for the whole restaurant group is Mark Andelbrat. I, I, I think Red Rock's Pink killing Pink. it. I think they're yeah, really, they really, really are. killing it. And it completes that trio that used to be the big buffet, mm-hmm. Noxos, the Oyster Bar, and Lotus of Siam. Yep, yep. yep. Quite the upgrade. Loving it. Uh, we had a little sweet baby cauliflower and a wonderful uh, sweet onion puree. And uh, Three Graces Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley. They did not have any Greek wine by the glass, hmm. we noticed. That's not true. Is it? That's not true. Oh. No, because I, I asked for an assertico when I was uh, sitting at the oyster uh, bar. Okay. And I didn't ask for it. I said to Ronnie, oh, do they have an assertico? She says, no. And the bartender goes, you want an assertico? <laughs> Very excited. I said, yeah, I'm going to get a bottle of that. Shot into the restaurant, bottle. came out with an assertico. Yeah. No. Talk about the glass. He just wants a glass. I just want a glass. Just drink a whole bottle. I'm no, no, they'll do it by the moderation. glass. Moderation. They'll do it by the glass. Tom Moonen said. All right, all right, I'll do that. Uh, as we record this, I'm Drop still... my name, by the way, not help. But yeah. Rick, you might Rick's get, name <laughs> might help. Oh, wait, 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 you might get thrown out. Forget uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm still recovering from the latest Oscar dinner series at uh, the Plaza. Oscar Steakhouse, the former mayor, holds forth every month or so uh, on his days as the mob lawyer. 
Steak this time was in New York that hit the spot. Uh, these dinners are great value at 150 bucks. Starter, steak or fish, two sides, two desserts uh, for the table. And then about an hour of Oscar uh, holding forth and taking questions and insulting people and, and like that. Also cocktails and wine. They were, again, uh, working on a couple of cocktails for the new bar how's he downstairs at the plaza. How's the, how's the old mayor? He is just, you know, he looks pretty frail and is, you know, yeah, shrunken yeah. in the suit a bit. But boy, when here's Oscar... There's Oscar. I He's there, it. man. I love it. I love it's it. on the show, man. Yeah. Hey, I've got to get in there. You got to. We got to make me a reservation. I got to drop your name to get in there. I have not yeah. landed Oscar no, so questions. long. And um, Ben Jenkins still the executive yes. chef over there, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, great um, alumni from the Mina Group. Yep, yep, yep. Chef. He got poached away, and uh, he's, he's liking it because, uh, as a couple of people, Avon, the GM, said, "I want to change a glass of wine. I can change a glass of wine on the menu today. I don't have to have six meetings and five memos like I had at MGM." And then six months to change one that's wine insane. on the list. No, so he loves it. That whole place <laughs> I think works Rick knows like a little that. about. I am man. No, that's a casino company. We, we didn't have red tape. We had no. red tape between me and the casino, but within my organization, we we had a. Good, well, yeah, you paid we, rent. We had, you were we, a separate uh, island. We had an inner culture. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, fast food of the week: Popeyes. Ironically, I had the three-piece chicken combo on the way to. Not after the dispensary to get my little uh, sleepy gummies in the strip mall. And then you wish you brought home leftovers. Uh, no, I didn't have any leftovers there. Uh, the luck of the draw with fast food chicken anywhere, Popeye's, KFC, even the, the Nashville Hattie B's, that, that uh, thing. Mm-hmm. The longer it's under the lights, you know, it's going to be a little drier. I had a breast and a thigh and leg. Uh, the breast and leg had been under the lights for a while, but the thigh was just out of the oil. Hot, moist, spicy, hot as hell. So uh, roll the dice for those chickens and... Uh, Hopefully you get a hot one. Oh, man. So now the bar's been set with Popeyes for my my <laughs> right now here. I don't know if I can ri- rise to that Or level. if you want, I didn't write, the, I'll, I'll add this. If you want to have, if you want a guaranteed chicken fried to order, mm-hmm. there are places to do that. The one that comes to mind is Yardbird. You got to wait about 25 minutes. What about what about the um, uh, place on Spring Mountain, you know, from Sparrow and Wolf? Brian, Brian yeah, Howard's yeah, place. Yeah, Brian Howard's rotisserie chicken. Yeah, half chicken. The rotisserie half chicken, but it's, you know, it's done. Chicken. You're not going to wait four hours for a rotisserie yeah, chicken to yeah. order. Uh, but they do a lot of stuff to order there. You know, the sandwiches are really good. Yeah, there, but, I haven't yeah, been chicken breast chicken thing. Sandwiches but as far as fantastic. whole pieces of chicken. What's the feedback on the Howard, Brian Howard's chicken? It's great, man. Wonderful. Fantastic. Really? I love Wonderful. the sandwiches. I love the rotisserie. I love yeah. the whole restaurant. I, I believe they're getting ready. I'm remiss. They do a chicken go. pot yeah, pie that's really just a bow with chicken and mm. gravy inside. Oh, and yeah. it freezes yeah. very well. Yeah. Took those home, froze them, opened them up a week later. Great. Brian's magical with his integration of Asian influence uh, food. You know, yeah. It's yeah. It's terrific. That's why I really love his chicken sandwich there because it's um it's got a very, very light coating that he does. And it's got yeah, a yeah. Szechuan pepper coating on it. So Don't it's need got a little bit of coating. spice to it. Um, really light, really juicy in the chicken. Um, so, yes, none of us went there, but we all love pepper. <laughs> so, yeah, and they're getting ready to open a second location, I think. Oh, I yeah? think they're I think. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. I don't know if it's official. Yeah. I think they may be going over to Henderson. So well, they have another concept out. that the organization is trying too, right? Mm. Right now, I think they're focusing on half birds. Okay. So we'll we'll see, man. We'll get Brian on soon. I hope. Yeah. Talk yeah. About that. Well, you know, Brian, he's terrific. Yeah. So, he totally just got back from Asia. Actually, he was touring Asia he's... and I think New Zealand. And I, I've seen him since. I got to see him. Yeah, I got to. I got to live vicariously. They got a new menu over at Sparrow and Wolf, so maybe we'll go over and do that. Ooh, One. done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I'm um, around let's for a do while. the podcast and have them bring stuff out. <laughs> Warn the children. Rick's in town for a while. All right. 
Oh, oh, early. <laughs> so um, this brings us to where I've been dining. I suppose the most exciting meal of my past week was my lunch with Ms. Martha Stewart at mm. the Bedford in Paris, Las Vegas. Mm. Um, Ms. Stewart was in town, and she invited a few members of the media in to dine with her. She is such an incredibly gracious hostess that she even provided a cocktail lesson for us before the meal, mixing up a lemon drop, which, of course, is one of the many signature cocktails that were served during that meal. Um, we began with some past hors d'oeuvres. I did the steak tartare, which was great. I didn't get to try any of the others. For the actual meal, we were offered a choice of entrees. So I went with um, a massive piece of honey mustard glazed salmon because I'd already done the Big Martha's pierogies, which was the other option that we had for lunch. Um, salmon was delicious, far too large for me to finish, especially after I'd um, gorged myself on bites from the Bedford's amazing bread basket. <laughs> they, they're one of those places that charges for the bread basket, but what they do is unlike anybody else. It's not a simple bread basket. Right. It's real detailed it. and well worth it. You have to see it. Sure. Um, for dessert over there, I did the upside down lemon meringue pie, which is a really clever play on that classic. Much heavier on meringue than on lemon. Um, we had a great time chatting with Martha Stewart. She told me how she'd helped decorate the Bellagio when it first opened mm. using items from her Kmart collection. Right. <laughs> um, that's just um, one of the cool things I learned about her and her restaurant. The, the other that's worth mentioning here is that Trenton Garvey is now serving as her chef de cuisine. And you may remember him from this show or from his, this podcast or from his victory on Hell's Kitchen season 20, which scored him a one-year contract at Gordon Ramsay's Steak. He is now out of Gordon Ramsay's steak and cooking for Martha, which would explain why every dish I have ever eaten there has been spot on. Hmm. I mean, because honestly, while the Bedford really isn't my personal style, and it is a very pricey place to dine, the food is definitely top-notch. It's always right on point. And now that I know Trenton's the guy in the kitchen overseeing yeah. it, that makes a lot of sense. There you go. Um, on Friday, I attended the new Sunset Cocktail Hour at the Boulevard Pool, which runs every Friday evening for the rest of the summer at the Pool's Northern Bar. They have a special food. You know, I like things like this. You'll hear me talk about it when people open up their pools to the public, because yeah. unlike Moon and Ranch here, <laughs> Casa de Mancini does not have a pool in the backyard. So when we get this beautiful weather, I love a place that opens yeah. up its pool to non-hotel guests. And that's what they're doing over at the Cosmopolitan. You've got to sign up. It's Friday night event, 630 to 8.30. Sign up on the Cosmopolitan website and you'll be on the guest list. Of course, you have to buy your food. You have to buy your cocktails. Um, there's food from the Overlook Grill. Um, mixologist Andrew Pollard was actually there to show off the cocktails he created. And he spoke to me about the cocktail hour. So Sunset Cocktail Hour was originally uh, designed to be an amenity to the guests that's coming in for the weekend. They're checking in. They're kind of in that lull hour to where, you know, perhaps it's just before dinner. They're just kind of getting established. And what better way to present them with um, an experience and welcoming them with some of the, with the best view in town, overlooking Las Vegas Boulevard from our beautiful pool bar and inviting them with uh, fresh shaken daiquiris and a beverage and beverage and uh, solution that really evokes a sense of transporting them and giving them a sense of destination like you're on vacation what better way to welcome las vegas than that and then on Saturday, Sue and I headed over to the front yard at Ellis Island to watch the Golden Knights game. It was during brunch hours, um, daytime games, so we sampled a few bites from their brunch menu. Smoked beer brine wings were excellent, and I really enjoyed the chili sauce that came with them. But then there was this um, rise and grind flatbread, which is described on the menu as scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, pico de gallo, cheddar cheese, and mozzarella cheese. So you think, okay, breakfast flatbread, right? Sure, we always love enough. a good breakfast flatbread. Sue ordered that. Um, once we, once we ordered it, 
the waitress came back to our table to tell us, oh, you know, it wasn't on the menu, but that features gravy. Are you okay with that? And we said, yeah, what the fuck? We'll, we'll eat gravy. That's how you make it. We will try it, right? Um, so when it arrived, there were even more surprises. The dough itself was honestly reminiscent of a biscuit dough. And the gravy contained these large chunks of really high-quality sausage. So basically, this is a hybrid of a breakfast flatbread and an order of biscuits and gravy. And it was really fucking good. That's all I have to say. Man. I mean, I did not. It, it was filling. It was a you know, it, it filled you up, and it uh, was it was it wasn't a big thing, but it filled you up and took you down. Energy, but um, so we did not finish it. I was but it waiting was really for you to tell me it was good, a man. disaster. No, man, <laughs> nah. I, I dug it. Um, so bravo to the front yard. There you go. Sunday, we did brunch at Marche Bacchus. Um, of course, I had Bradley Ogden's blue cheese souffle, which was amazing. Anybody that's never had this, man, it used Ooh. to be a staple at Ogden's Caesar's Palace restaurant. You've got to try it. It's just fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. I was also blown away by their bread service, so much so that I asked my server where they've been getting their bread these days. Turns out it comes from <laughs> Manzu Italian Oven, which, of course, is a fabulous restaurant in its own right, run by Chef Gio Morrow, mm -hmm. who happens to be an excellent baker. Man, I was buying his bread over there during the pandemic he yeah, had it no, set up selling bread and he's fantastic so um you can now get that over at marche bacchus and i've got to tell you it is really really good to sop up the broth from the moules frites or mm. mussels and french fries <laughs> thursday night i paid a visit to eight news now to talk about an auction or no thursday during the day tuesday what, what, there was a day. I was at an eight. Well, it was a Pick a day. I was over yeah. there. Um, I was talking about an auction package I'm doing over at the JDRF's Nevada Hope Gala on Friday, May 5th at Mandalay Bay. And I'm gonna, I'll tell you guys about this one more time. We're putting it up for auction. A chance to come out with me, be a food critic like me, live like a rock star oh. food critic. We're going to go to downtown Las Vegas, you and three friends. I will take you to four or five of the best spots for pizza in downtown Las oh, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to get as many chefs in there or owners in there as possible. Obviously, we got to work it around everybody's schedule. Hopefully, they'll tell you a little bit about what makes their pizzas great. And then we're going to have them on this podcast. I want Whoever the that. winner is on the podcast right. to talk about the pizzas and what they thought about it. So um, go over there at the Hope Gala, May 5th at Mandalay Bay. And you could go to the JDRF website. You could bid on the auction packages even if you're not attending the event. So that was... Another thing I did this week, dropped by Other Mama last night for some mm -hmm. snacks at the bar. Love it. Did the basics. Mm -hmm. We did some oysters. Did a little bit of the um, the spicy salmon tartare with the waffle chips that he does with yep, those, which yep. are great. Mm. And then I noticed they had chutoro on the menu. And I actually like chutoro more than the even fattier otoro. Yeah, yeah. And it's much more affordable. So we did some chutoro nigiri. Six bucks a pop for a piece of nigiri. Not bad. Good price. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that may be a little higher than what it is over at Nene when I had it last. But, you know, it's still a good off-strip price. Anyway, and I had a great time. It's and good tuna. Yeah, that is, um, that's about it for where I've been dining this week. Coming up on the news, a taco and tamale festival, a beer festival, a tequila and mezcal festival, and a wine festival. No, it's not a festival. It's a tour. Uh, but first, it's a festival. It's everywhere. Yeah, right? Everything's Life's a, a fucking festival. Here we go. Come on. Uh, at first, Al sits down with Mimo Ferraro. Yeah. This is Food and Loathing. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13.
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. So I'm here at Ferraro's on uh, Paradise Road in Las Vegas, just across from the Virgin Hotel, and I'm joined by Mimo Ferraro. Mimo, how are you, man? Doing great. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, and happy Friday to people that are listening on Friday. Um, we Ferraro's, actually, first let's introduce Mimo. Mimo is second generation of the Ferraro's family, and um, you were really brought up in this restaurant, which was founded in, what, 1985? 19, yeah, so uh, we actually started in 1983 when my father got involved with Roma Foods back in the day, and we were a, an Italian, Im- imported Italian distribution company here in Vegas. Um, that was a short partnership that ended in 85 when we started with Ferraro's. And, I mean, going way back then, we were, again, still the deli part of the business. We're, you know, selling the imported Italian products and selling the cold cuts and the cheeses, but also making a lot of our homemade breads and meatballs and sausages back in the, that day and homemade cookies. And, you know, we started off as a pizzeria. And now in 37, 39 years later, or 37 years later from 1985, uh, we are quite different. Yeah, you are quite different from pizzeria, quite different from a lot of other Italian restaurants, especially the other old school Italian restaurants here in Las Vegas. And I definitely want to get to that. But let's go back to 1985 when that opened. How old were you and um, were you working in that restaurant, that pizzeria at the time? So in 1985, I was seven years old. And, you know, and believe it or not, I I was. So, you know, my sister and I, she is uh, 11 months older. So we're considered Irish twins. We, you know, it was different times. So we spent a lot of time in the restaurant when we were not at school. Um, You know, the way my parents worked back in the day was absolutely impressive. My mom would go to work at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, come back home at at 6, 6.30 to get us ready for school, drop us off at school, drop us off at school, and then she'd be back at the restaurant, and then she would pick us up from school or have somebody from the restaurant pick us up from school and we would be back at the restaurant, you know, doing our homework, having our dinners there, uh, you know, sometimes putting a couple chairs together and falling asleep over there until they were done with the day and we would go home and start all over again. But, you know, my sister and I back then, we would, uh, you know, have a price gun and we would stock the shelves. Um, I remember using, you know, the meat slicer at, you know, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine years old. I remember hanging from the cheese grater you know, trying to, you know, grade Parmigiano Romano cheeses back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, I've been definitely, definitely involved. And then when we started growing the business and expanding the restaurant part of things, uh, you know, I spend a very little bit amount of time in in the kitchen. 
you know, but I would get off school and go in there and make my own pasta, you know, at eight, nine, ten years old. Started working in the cold kitchen uh, when I was 13, you know, and it kind of went, you know, kind of went from there. Just so did you always know that you wanted to be a chef and in the restaurant business? Was that sort of just preordained or did you have a time when you went out and decided you were going to do something completely different? Well, you know, there was a time where I definitely wanted nothing to do with the business, um, you know, and I actually started pursuing an architectural career. Um, you know, went to visit some schools. I worked with a, a local uh, architect here in town, but then I found myself just trying to design restaurants and create menus and, uh, you know, thinking of different ideas that we could implement in, in the restaurant. So, you know, my focus always, always came back to, to Ferraro's. So when I look at Ferraro's today, and I've been dining in Ferraro's for 20-plus years, one of my very first reviews at a time when I knew very little about food, and I was just the punk rock kid writing food reviews. I'd come from being a strip club reviewer, and you were one of the first restaurant reviews I wrote. I know your father still knows all the things I got wrong in that review, Uh, but I've been eating in your restaurants for a long, long time. Um, But I've always known Ferraro's as an upscale but old-school Italian restaurant. However, when people hear old-school Italian restaurants in Las Vegas, they tend to think Italian-American restaurants. And certainly in the time that I've known Ferraro's, it has not been the classic Italian-American dishes that many people might think of, but actually more like traditional Italian food that you may get in Italy. And I'll give you some examples, like dishes that you have on your menu right now. You have vitello tonnato, fantastic, um, crudo, carbonara, a lasagna with bechamel and bolognese sauce. You have your gnocchi, but you have it with pistachio pesto. You serve rabbit, you serve tripe. You don't have the chicken and veal parmesan, the marsala, the cacciatore, the piccata, things like that. So was that always was that distinction between legit Italian food that you may find in Italy and what people think of as legit Italian American cuisine that northeastern thing was that always something that you wanted to be on the on the Italy side of rather than the Italian American side of you know so when it comes to the New York American and the authenticity of Italy you know we've we have flip-flopped a little bit you know only because going back to our roots here in in Vegas when we started so many years ago, the Italian products were not as prominent as they are today. Things were not easily accessible as they are today. So, you know, we had the meatball sub, we had the chicken parm, and even over here at Ferraro's, you know, we tried to appease the the masses, you know, when we had at a time veal parm or chicken parm on the menu, we had things, spaghetti meatballs on the menu, you know, but um, probably about three and a half years ago, we decided to take and hold a firm line that we want to be as authentic Italian as we can possibly be to the point that if you cannot get it in Italy, you cannot get it here in the restaurant. You know, we, you can't go to Italy and get chicken parm anywhere. It doesn't exist. You can't even get spaghetti and meatballs. You could get spaghetti and you could get meatballs, but they won't put them together. You know, you want to go to Italy and order a pasta with grilled chicken, it's, it's, you can't do it. So we have really gone down that path of being as authentic as we really can. You know, I study 
daily, you know, what's up and coming, what's trending in Italy, how they're making things, you know, and we don't, you know, you know, we have classics on the menu like the carbonara and we make it the way that they make it in Rome. We don't try to make it different to peas in American palate. There's no cream. There's no, I'm not going to say the word, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, so things that we do that are classic, we keep them classic, you know, and then we get creative with, you know, probably one of our most popular, you know, two of our po most popular pasta dishes is the rigatoni spilinga, which is made with anduja and our homemade Italian spicy sausage. You know, anduja is this nice, soft, spreadable soprasata that just kind of melts into the dish, and it is, it's incredible, you know. But a lot of people don't know what anduja is. They don't know where it comes from, you know, and it came from Calabria, which is why we're so familiar with it, with my father being born in Calabria. And then we have another second most popular dish is the parpadella mimo, you know, lobster scallops, asparagus, and a butter sage truffle sauce, you know. So, you know, we get creative in our way, but still using what we believe and feel is really authentic Italian ingredients. Was there any kind of pushback? When a restaurant's been around as long as you guys have, you have generational customers, I would assume. People who came when they were kids with their parents and they may be coming back with, excuse me, came with their parents when they were kids and now they're coming back with their kids, that kind of thing. Um, and those people tend to be resistant to change. So when you decided to sort of modernize it and make it a bit more authentic to what is in Italy and take some of those, you know, eggplant parmesan or chicken parmesans off the menu, was there resistance to that? You know, I would say the resistance was very, very little. You know, I think people see and like the direction that we're going. Uh, you know, not only have we recently remodeled the restaurant at yeah, – we have a hard time with timing in this restaurant. You know, we opened up over here in 2009 during a recession. Then we did a million plus dollar remodel two months before the pandemic hit, you know, which was very, you know, very stressful and nerve wracking. But we, we pulled through and, you know, going the direction we have with, you know, remodeling the restaurant and really bringing it up to date. Um, and staying relevant with our food, like you mentioned, the crudos and just being really authentic. I, I think that the clientele that we are looking to bring in here is appreciative of what we're doing and they like the path that we're going. You know, we don't want to be a, we, we don't want our number one pasta dish to be rigatoni pink vodka sauce. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there is a huge market for an American Italian cuisine and restaurants, uh, you know, but with our, our heritage and our roots and, you know, my mother and father being born in Italy and my, you know, grandmother and some of her recipes still being very prominent on our menu, you know, I, I think that people really appreciate authenticity. Um, wine is another huge component of what you do here. And I think your, your dad was telling me that you have a $2 million wine collection here. Is, did I get that number right? And can you talk a bit about that? I'm not a big wine drinker myself. But, you know, I do know that finding a really great Italian wine collection in Las Vegas, even though we have some fantastic wine collections, you know, th th a lot of people don't go deep on the Italian wines. So yours is primarily an Italian collection, I believe. And, you know, how long did it take you to assemble that? And how important is that to what you do? here well our our wine program now is it's got to be one of the top italian wine lists in the, in the country not just las vegas um you, you know and this so we started getting into wine with our first wine cellar on our flamingo and jones location in 1991 um you know and, and back then i think we had 150 labels and we are currently up to 
just shy of 1,600 labels. Um, you know, we have, you know, two sellers on site plus, you know, a, a large seller off site. Uh, you know, so the $2 million number is, is close. It's close, you know, and it's been taking a lot of time. And, you know, with us being an Italian restaurant and the relationships we have with the winemakers um, in, in Italy, because we go back as often as we can. My father goes back yearly. I go back every two to three years just to kind of cultivate those relationships over there. You, you know, we feel that, you know, wine, Italian wine, when it's done properly, when it is done in the classic way, it, it there's there's no better wines. You know, so we have just been awarded from an establishment called Gambaro Rosso, a very prominent Italian publication. It's the authority of food and wine and travel, anything Italian, as having one of the top 20 Italian wine lists in the world. You know, so just, uh, you know, a very, very proud moment. It is, you know, my father's passion and his baby when it comes to the wine program. And he's passionate about, you know, about just keeping things traditional you know, he even wrote letters to winemakers back in the day when they were trying to infuse their wines with, with wood and oak to, to try to cater to American palate. And um, they heard and, and they knew that they were going the wrong direction. And a lot of them have, have changed back to doing what is uh, traditional. Um, and you do a lot of wine education here as well. I know you like to do wine dinners on a pretty regular basis. Could you talk a bit about that? Absolutely. So our wine pro, you know, along with our wine program, we do an event here called Taste and Learn, and we do that generally the third Saturday of every month. So we literally do a wine dinner once a month, um, and then we also sprinkle in a couple other wine events, some wine dinners, um, cigar dinners, and, and different things. But the Taste and Learn, it's you know usually we bring in either somebody from the distribution site or a, or if we can get the winemaker or the owner of the winery themselves to come in and talk about the wine. We do presentations, slideshows. Um, I pair each wine specifically, you know, each course specifically to the wine, you know, so it's things that you're not going to see on our menu. There are things that are created specifically for that. Uh, it's, it's a great event. You know, we're capping it. You know, we, it has recently grown. We were doing 40 people now, uh, then it went to 50. We're doing 60 people and we're selling out quick. It's a $110 event, all inclusive. So that's tax and tip and everything. Uh, starting off with a, a Prosecco to begin and then getting into four wines, you know, you generally a white wine and you're getting into three reds, but it's a great, great event. You know, we kind of keep it very social. So we kind of create community tables so people can, can mingle and meet new people. And, you know, I speak every event, talk about the food. My father speaks every event, talking about the restaurant and what we have coming up. And then somebody who represents the wine discusses each course and each wine as we, as we go through. And it's a great, great event, a lot of positive feedback. And speaking of events, you have something really outrageous or outlandish or just over the top coming for cigar lovers. And I've been trying to explain this to people, but I think you, I'm going to let you start with the explanation and then I'll just ask the questions. So could you tell me about the El Septimo or El Septimo cigar event that you have coming up evening under the stars on your patio? Absolutely. So Sotil Estelle, uh, you know, night under the stars. Uh, we so El Septimo is a is a brand that is it is known as the world's finest cigar. Um, up until the, uh, the the owner of the company bought it four years ago, it was only available to royal families and kings. Um, and the gentleman is uh, very well off and tried to buy cigars, wasn't able to, so he bought the company. 
Um, and the and, 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 and the story around that is absolutely hilarious. But, uh, you know, we are going to offer three cigars per person that evening, you know, from a, uh, you know, light body to a medium to a more bold cigar. We're doing a grill night on the patio where we're going to have a suckling pig on rotisserie. We're going to have another grill set up to do ribeyes and lamb chops and langostino, bronzino. We're doing a uh, risotto course out of the kitchen with a uh, prosecco risotto with caviar and lime zest. Um, you know, we're going to feature some great grilled vegetables and then finish the night off with, uh, some dark chocolate desserts and some imported dark chocolates. And we're going to be pouring wine throughout the night, uh, high end rums and tequilas and bourbons and scotches, um, you know, starting off with cocktails as well. So some really great brands that are supporting us through, you know, for this event, but the event is going to be amazing. Starts at 630 on May 19th. Uh, and I expect it to be a long late night, and I can't wait. Looking forward to it. And tickets for that are three ninety five ahead. Three ninety five per person, but uh, well worth it. Again, the you know the starting point of the cigars are, uh, you know, start at fifty dollars a stick, and we're you know up to one hundred and fifty dollars per stick, and we're providing three cigars per person. And and again, all the high end liquors, and uh, and we're not taking any shortcuts with the food either. So. Well, it sounds like a fantastic something for everybody. Something that no matter what your vice is, whether it's cigars, whether it's whiskeys, bourbons, um, you know, or food and cuisine, there's something there for you. You're definitely going to get your money's worth. But then, talk about the bling because this I've I've almost choked on this as I've tried to explain this to people. There's a five point five million dollar cigar lighter that is going to be there that people have the chance to light their cigars with. Am I getting that right? You are getting that right. So the owner of El Septimo, his name is Zaya Yonin. Um, he has developed a a line of lighters that are all five and a half million dollars each. That are uh, they're solid gold embedded with with jewels, with diamonds, with. Uh, with rubies, I, they're absolutely fascinating. They are tabletop uh, lighters, so it's not something you're just going to pick up and light a cigar with. You know, they are tabletop, uh, just unreal, unreal. I pulled up some pictures of them, and it is uh, incredible. I can't, I can't wait. I'll be the first one in line to light the cigar. So there's going to be one of those there, and you'll be lighting your cigar with it. Everybody will be able to light their cigar with a five and a half million dollar lighter. Wow. Oh, so yeah, this, this is bragging rights on so many levels, but also high quality. And that's, that's what's kind of cool about it is sometimes, you know, there's the one gimmick, but you know, the other things aren't there to follow it up. But just hearing you talk about that menu and the, the, um, the spirits that are going to be available there. And of course the cigars. So that sounds fantastic. Where would people get tickets for that? So they, uh, we're, we're going to have a link on our website at ferraroslasvegas.com, and you can call the restaurant and make reservations and buy tickets online. We are requiring a credit card for the event. Um, you know, it, it's a limited, a limited high-end event, you know, so it's like buying a ticket to a show, to an event. Uh, but we believe we are going to sell out very fast. We are probably about 75% there already, and we haven't even started talking about it. So tickets will go fast. So um, I wanted to go back to, to your menu and about what you offer here at Ferraro's because we were talking about how it is very contemporary, how it is very authentic to what's cooked in Italy and things like that. But I think we should also point out to people that you're certainly um, – you, you are on top of modern – desires, modern needs. You have a vegan menu here. You have paleo dishes on the menu. You, you're certainly keeping up with the current trends. We, you know, we, we try. You know, we – 
you know, we were so, again, you mentioned earlier that we are known as a, you know, family restaurant, you know, and, and, and we are. And the sense of that is that we are a, probably one of the very last standing high-end fine dining family-owned and operated restaurants. Um, you know, we're okay with well-behaved children, but, you know, it's not always the, uh, the, the people perceive that family business as a family-friendly restaurant, which, which we are. But, um, you know, we try to stay, again, up to, up to people's trend, not trends, because that's not the right word, you know, but people's dietary restrictions and, and needs and desires, you know. So, yeah, we've, you know, we've been running a vegan menu now for several years. You know, we get a lot of, and we get them every night. We get several people that come in or they call that offering or saw that they, you know, saw it somewhere, you know, so we update that, you know, every three months we add new dishes to the vegan menu. Um, you know, we try not to eat, although we love our pasta, we try not to eat pasta as often as we like to, which is why we developed the paleo pasta, which is amazing. I mean, it, it eats like real pasta, um, you know, but protein-based, just amazing. We offer paleo bread. We offer gluten-free pizza shells for our happy hour. Um, you know, but we, we have something going on here all the time, you know, from our happy hour from five to seven, every single day, we do reverse happy hour every single night. We're open till one o'clock in the morning on Sunday through Thursday. We're open till 2 AM on Friday and Saturdays offering 25% off of our, your whole check at late night, you know, from 11 to closing, we're 25% off the check. Uh, you know, we do wine promotions where we do 25% off bottles of wine under, you know, from 200 and under. Uh, you know, so from happy hour to late night to our, our menu, which again is authentic, it's classic, but it's also modern. Like you mentioned, the crudos, our yellowtail crudo, our salmon crudo, um, carne battuta, which is Italy's version of a, of a beef tartare, just tremendous. So we, again, we try to stay relevant. We try, we don't want to be the same restaurant that we were 30 years ago. We want to stay ahead of the times. We want to stay in the know. You know, we always adapting. We are constantly here trying to improve if it's from the decor of the restaurant to the menu to the wine list to our cocktail program. We are constantly trying to improve and get better every day. We are not okay with stagnant. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that people who want a taste of your family's cooking who may not be up for this such an elevated experience, you also are the owners of Pizza Forte which is a, a very popular brand here in Las Vegas. There's one right across the street from where we are over in the Virgin Hotel. I know you. I had it the other night at a playoff game watching the Golden Knights. It wasn't good luck for me that night, but um, I get it when I'm in T-Mobile. You have it in Allegiant Stadium. Could you tell me a bit about Pizza Forte just real quickly? Yeah, so Pizza Forte has been a, a fun project. You know, it's kind of really gotten us involved in, with the community. Um, you know, so we are in the T-Mobile arena with three locations in Allegiant Stadium, you know, although we're in Allegiant Stadium as Ferraro's Italian street food, uh, because Mark Davis liked, you know, that brand and didn't want to do exactly what T-Mobile was doing, but we are still running Pizza Forte-style food out of there from our meatballs to our pizza. Um, and then I would say the Virgin Hotel is kind of like our our mainstay. That's kind of where we really are able to showcase what we really do. Um, you know, I love T-Mobile Arena. I love Allegiant Stadium, you know, but to put out, you know, 900 to 1200 pizzas in a very short time is uh is challenging it's challenging but we get it done the quality is great people are very very happy with the products we're putting out over there 
But we started that in uh, 2014. So, I mean, we are, we're, we're about nine years in already. And time yeah, flies, time, man. time flies, time absolutely flies, flies, but it is a, it's a fun project. We're looking to hopefully get another couple locations in both T-Mobile Arena and Allegiant Stadium. And we are also looking for some locations around town to do, uh, you know, more of a pizza forte brand and kind of grow that into a more of a, uh, you know, casual Italian eatery. Well, man, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for bringing me up to date on everything you have going on. Um, I feel like I should just sneak by and look at that lighter that night. Like, I just want to see this lighter. But, man, have a fantastic event, and it's always great speaking to you. My pleasure. Great to have you. Thanks for the support. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for the news. Okay, click, click, click. You got that clackety-clack sound effect for me? I do. You hear? I've got about 18 machines now. We had to expand the oh. staff and the number of teletypes we have because we're so big these days. That's why we've got so much news. Yes. And also because Gemini was sending me some news stories as well. So <laughs> we got some news for you this week. Um, we told you about this one last week, but now we have it straight from the chef's mouth. Chino Poblano's Tequila Mezcal Festival is back, running yeah. now through May 7th. They're offering a special menu and special tequila and mezcal pairings, and I spoke to Chef Carlos Cruz Santos about it. It's just all about celebrating tequila and mezcal, you know, all the, the agave itself, and, um, you know, we, we bring in brands that, you know, that nobody, we're, we try to bring in brands that nobody else has and, and product that is unique to us, and um, we just kind of build a little festival around it with uh, a couple of dishes here and there, and some, um, and then a cocktail or two and some flights. So yeah, just just something to get people excited about tequila and mezcal. Now, are the items that are on the menu are they items that are on the menu year round that you're just recommending to go with these tequilas and mezcals, or are these special things you've created just for this event? No, these are special dishes that we created just for the event. Even the uh, the cocktail was created just for the event. Um, so it's just dishes that uh, feature right now. We're featuring a um, an empanada with shrimp and uh, flor de calabaza, which is the uh, the flower from the summer squash. So that's very interesting. So that's in season right now, so we're featuring that. Um, we're also doing a tamale with uh, wagyu beef fat and beef shank, um, and then a really fresh queso la plancha was just really just a panela cheese seared on a plancha with some sauce and some uh, uh, green mojo and. Uh, mangoes and oranges, so really light, surprising. So the dishes are all really light. They go really well. They pair really well with the, the cocktail and also with the flights. So Now, this restaurant is unique because it blends Mexican and Chinese cuisine. Um, are all the dishes that you're doing for the Tequila Mezcal Festival, are they all Mexican, or are you, you pairing them with some Chinese dishes as well? 
No, actually, they're these are all Mexican. They're from different regions of uh, Mexico. Some are from the south, and we use a little bit of uh, from the from the coastline, you know, uh, and then you know from the north side of, or for, from North Mexico. So the beef obviously is from the the tamales from North Mexico, using a, a rich beef shank with a, a black mole, and then the empanada, of course, is from the coast, the Yucatan, and, and that area over there. And then the queso de la plancha is uh, is one that's from the region of Mexico where I'm from in San Luis Potosí. So um, just. You just kind of do it, uh, try to do a little variation in all of them, and, and that's it. But this is strictly a Mexican one, so, okay. yeah, from the Mexican side of the menu. People seem to be more accepting of mezcal these days. You know, four or five years ago, it was very much an acquired taste. Are you having an easier time selling mezcal to your customers? <clears throat> you know, we are, because, um, you know, of all the different variations of mezcal we have now, I mean, the... the the choices are endless, you know. Um, but, you know, like you said, ten years ago, all you had was the mezcal with the worm in the in the bottle, you know, and that was and that was pretty horrible, you know. That's what we grew up with. But now there's different variations, there's different tastes, you know. There's there's you know there's uh, reposados, there's all all kinds of mezcals. Um, so it's a little easier for the guests to under kind of understand, you know. We have mezcals that are for beginners, very soft, very. You know, aromatic, and then we, we have the, the, the reposados, the, the aged ones that are for more of the, the, the people who are more open to more flavors in their mezcals and things like that. But definitely, this is, um, I see, I mean, def- mezcal is one of the one one of those um, spirits that has been, yeah, literally low level, really nobody thought about it, but now there's all these people making different mezcals, they're very beautiful. Um, different flavors and all. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely excited about featuring mezcals here. Wine Spectator's Grand Tour is coming to Resorts World this weekend, Saturday, April 29th. It is um, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., although the VIP hours are 6 to 7 p.m. you got to buy a VIP ticket for that. All the wines have been rated 90 points or higher by Wine Spectator. That's a good thing, right? Mm. I'm told yeah. that that's cool. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, enjoy a delicious buffet to compliment your wine. You get a souvenir Rydell tasting glass. Mm-hmm. General admission tickets are available online for 275 bucks. VIP tickets are available at $375. And a portion of the proceeds are going to benefit, benefit Wine Spectator Scholarship Foundation, which provides grants and scholarships to a wide variety of wine-related and culinary programs. April 5th is the first Friday of the month. This month's first Friday celebration in the Arts District features a beer festival. Now, as you know, first Friday itself is a Free. few... A what event? Free event. A free event. My notes are not good on this. <laughs> uh, I didn't have time to uh, fix all your typos. I wonder what foo was. A foo event. <laughs> See, there's the mystery. You need to come down and find out what a foo event anyway, is. Anyway, first Friday is free, but yeah, the festival's yes. not. The beer is not. The beer is held in conjunction with the Nevada <laughs> Craft Brewers Association. It is a ticketed event, 7 to 10 p.m. on South 1st Street. It runs from 7 to 10 on South 1st Street, then uh, 6 to 10 for a VIP ticket holder. 35 beer ciders and ales from more than 30 breweries there is food there is music there's art there is more and this is a little more reasonable double digit tickets $35 for the commoners 55 for a VIP you can get them through Eventbrite I give you the affordable stuff Rich I guess I would mean the Desert Breeze Park hosts a tacos and tamales festival Saturday tomorrow if you're getting this right off the bat April 29th, carnival games, live music, wrestling from Lucha Libre, as well as plenty of food. Admission, five bucks and some fees if you're between the ages of 12 and 59. 
free if you're younger, free if you're older. <laughs> and what, what if you're actually older, but you feel younger? I guess it would be double free. You could pay them if you want. If you want to prove how young you feel, oh, sure yeah. they'll take yeah, you. Yeah, you want to make a oh, statement, yeah. you just pay them. Just you pay them. I'm, I'm so honest. When I was 12, I lied about my age to pay the adult fee at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, boy. I didn't. No, no, I didn't. Not, no, I didn't. Not true. Uh, and if you want some adult beverages. I mean, weren't movies like a nickel when you were 12? <laughs> 25, and then they raised to 35 cents <laughs> at the Beaver Theater. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've been to the Beaver I'd want to go there. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> Just for the theater. Beaverton, Oregon. That's why I was named that. Anyway, you want some adult beverages, package it up with a ticket for adult tasting experience, 25 bucks in fees. Find out all this because we messed it up so bad. Tacos and tamales LV.com or get the purchase to find the tickets at ctickets.us. That's S E E tickets.us. Well, thanks to all of our friends. Rick, you got anything to say before we cut out of here? No, I don't really have much to say. The bread idea, though, the paying for bread, it's been in my mind ever since you brought it up a little earlier. You know, you have to charge for bread if your bread is good. Yeah, I I think it should always be free. I really do, man. It pisses me off when anybody charges for bread. Here you go. Okay, so you own the restaurant. You want to sell desserts. You hired a pastry chef. You're paying her a salary. The desserts are amazing. But by the time people get the dessert, they're too full because they ate all your bread. So do you put out great bread? No, you want to sell dessert. You put out good bread. You want to put out great bread? You charge for it. That's my feeling. Yeah, I mean, look, chefs tell me all the time, and, you know, like Esther's Kitchen, that makes me crazy, right? Because they charge for their bread. But what I do is I order the things to go with the bread, and then I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about it. Yeah, but yeah, paying yeah. just just for bread, it, it does make me crazy. Martha Stewart does it. James Trees does it. Some mm-hmm. people do it. I, I get it. it. You got to make your living. To me, that's sort of like paying for, um, for chips and salsa in a Mexican restaurant. That's how I like, felt when it came out with bottled too. water. Yeah, <laughs> the truth. Why I got a hose? You know, eh. well, don't I worry. Never, someday, I never drank bottled water until I moved to Las Vegas, and our tap water sucked so bad. Well, yeah, you know no what? Kidding. If you want to eat good bread, pay for it. Oh, well, I do, man. Yeah, and I do. But it's still it it, it sticks you in your, my you, craw. You as play for say. your you pay for your blueberry muffin in the morning with your coffee, or should that just come with the coffee? Whoa. Well. If I'm only buying coffee, no. But if I'm buying an entire fucking dinner, then maybe they could give me a blueberry muffin. It's something uh, to do. Did okay. you tell them ahead of time? Don't worry. The yeah. bread is free if your intention is to buy an entire fucking dinner. Yes, buy an entire fucking dinner. Oh, yeah. man. Thanks to everybody who was on this week's show. Mimo Ferraro, Chef Carlos Cruz Santos of Chino Poblano, and cosmopolitan mixologist Andrew Pollard. Tell a friend about Food and Loathing, available at the usual podcast places. Also, check Al's musings and postings on social media. All you got to do is search Food and Loathing or reach us direct by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. You know, I think somebody did reach out to me directly. They want me to be a judge on some um, Guinness Book of World Records thing that they're doing. So if that's you, I'll get back to you on that this week. <laughs> um, there, I thought you just count, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's another thing. If I do it, I'll tell you guys all about it. It's somebody that wants to go yeah, right. eat at the most Michelin-starred restaurants in New York in 24 hours, and they have to send the photos back to somebody to say, to a food expert, to say oh. that legit that they were there. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look into it. Oh, but, that sounds cool. Right. 
Anyway, other stuff, download the Neon Feast app. Just fucking do it. It's a great app. It's got yeah. everything you need. It's where you find where you eat. You can make reservations right from the place. We've got 550 restaurants. They're all recommended by people who know what the fuck they're talking about. They're not disgruntled f- former employees or people who are getting paid. Neon Feast rocks. Don't beat around fuck the y'all. bush. That's yep. all I have to say. Also, catch me every Thursday on television around 8.30 a.m. on Wake Up with the CW. Next week, I'm going to be doing it on Tuesday, however, talking yeah. about Cinco de Mayo mm. with my friends from El Luchador. There you go. On the radio, catch the Neon Feast update all weekend long on all the highway radio stations, the Vibe, the Drive, and Highway Country. And Al's on every Thursday morning around 8, 10 a.m. on the club, AM 670, KMZQ. With Rick Moonen and Rich Johnson and sending healing vibes out to Samantha Gemini Stevens, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. Stay hungry.